Welcome to the Plan C Podcast. Welcome to the Plan C Podcast. My name is Neil Gibb. And I'm Dave Lester. And today we're talking to uh, Marco from the Men of Business Academy, which is situated on the Gold Coast, um, Queensland, Australia. Um, and before we sort of set too much of a, of a scene or, or set the frame too much, I might just sort of uh, introduce Marco. Marco, hi, how are you? How are you, Neil? How are you, David? But yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Good, good to have you uh, with us this evening. And just, uh, I suppose, just to set the scene for everybody that is listening, we are geographically uh, quite separated this evening. Marco's uh, set up on the Gold Coast. I'm uh, up in Harvey Bay, a bit north of that in Queensland. And Neil's in uh, Bradford. So we are bringing quite a quite a coordinated um, podcast this evening. And it sounds from what you're saying, you guys are living the dream. It's sunny, it's warm, you've got beaches. And I'm in Bradford where it's seven degrees and raining. <laughs> that, that's your frame. <laughs> Um, so, Marco, why don't we uh, just sort of start off, um, maybe give us a bit of an introduction to your sort of self and, and what your journey's been to, A, start up the Men of Business Academy, um, and, and then a little bit about sort of what the Men of Business Academy is. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, it was probably about 15 years ago I've, um, I've been well and truly uh, involved in the health industry, and um, and basically as a personal trainer I had probably about 15 or 20 personal training clients that I would train weekly. Um, and a good friend of mine called Louise Harper gave me a call up and said, look, I've, uh, I've got 10 boys at risk that I've got down at a park. Um, we don't know what to do with them. There isn't any programs for them. Do you think you'd be able to come and give them a session? And uh, and typically, as you could imagine, I'm sort of jumping right in and saying, great, I can't wait to get down there. I'm going to give these boys some push-ups and some sit-ups and I'm going to change their life. Um, very quickly did I realise that, you know, um, by yelling at him and screaming at him and telling him what to do, I think two told me where to go and get stuffed, a couple lit up a cigarette, and I think two did a bit of a session with me at the end of the session. Um, and it challenged me in such a way that I sort of walked back to Louise and I said, Louise, what wh- what is there for young boys at risk? Um, h- how do we help these boys? What are the programs to try and dig deeper in? And she just said, look, Marco, there's nothing. Um, there's a couple of programs out there for young girls, but for teenage boys um, outside of getting in trouble with the law or being in a juvie program or a police program, there's nothing. So um, it it just lit a big chord with me. I, I just thought, you know what, that's just not good enough. Um, I sort of went through some issues of myself when I was young and um, I just got on this journey to go, you know what, I want to I want to make I want to build a program for these young boys to really make a difference. Um, and why I talked about the gym community at the start is that I went back to my four biggest clients who are all good corporate um, business owners, and I said, fellas, I'm going to put in a thousand bucks. If you put in a thousand bucks with me, I'm going to develop an eight week program for these boys, and I'm going to deliver every quarter a result and let you know how we're going. And um, and that was the that was the beginning of the men of business, and so it was all based around men getting together. I'd invite, I'd do a quarterly lunch, and so what had happened is I'd invite all these corporate men around to my dad's house. He's Italian, hence mob and all the rest of it. Um, and he'd cook a big bowl of pasta. We share all our food, but the whole concept of it was how do I try and de- deliver and and make a program to really make a difference in these boys' lives. 
Um, one, I realised we needed money, which the, each of the boys put in for. The second thing is I needed a story and I needed a, a journey and I needed a life lesson. Um, and then the third was our fundamentals. So we ended up developing something that had passion and purpose, trust, respect, inner strength, anger and emotions. What is it to be a man, family and friends and where to from here? And that was our core eight weeks. Included in those eight weeks, um, each of these boys actually came and just told their life story. The good, the bads, the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, whether it be from split family lives, whether it be from drug and alcohol problems, whether it be from businesses that have been amazing and then gone broke, and they just share each week. And the whole idea of that story was that over the eight weeks' time, we'd hopefully give these boys some purpose and, and just focus on them and talk about their attitude and respect for themselves and where they'd like to go. And um, that sort of ran for eight years. So it was eight years um, I developed a charity called The Men of Business, and um, I would run events every year to raise money, to put funds into this program, uh, and then we would end up delivering programs all over the Gold Coast. So I was probably in about 20 different schools, um, and then I ran into this amazing gentleman called Jason Cesarago, and, uh, and I was going in and out of schools all over the place, basically running myself into the ground. And he said, look, you're doing all this running around, why don't you open a school? And I said, what, you can open a school? He said, yeah, mate, we, you know, it's a special assistance schooling. Um, we've got two, two um, you know, massive hurdles to jump. First of all, we've got you to get you accredited and audited with the government. And the second of all is you need a million bucks. And, um, and I turned around to Jason. I said, mate, if you can get me accredited, I'll find the million bucks. Um, we did a bit of a handshake on that day. And, um, and believe it or not, within two years, uh, we had raised the money, found the site, opened the school, uh, and to, to this very day, mate, I um, you know, only opened in April, but I've got a hundred boys doing grade eleven and twelve, all youth at risk, um, and we're just changing lives. So um, it's it's very special. That's a, that's an amazing story. I mean, um, I just just um, I've so many questions. I don't even know where to start. But I mean, what I'm interested in is if you just step back a little bit. At some point, yeah. you had this idea and you ran a program. And now yeah. my experience of running anything like that is, you know, you have the idea, then the thing happens. You, le- you learn what works and what doesn't work. I mean, Absolutely. is there anything to share in terms of what it is that's really worked for, you know, the, these people who perhaps aren't, you know, haven't normally fitted into conventional kind of ways of doing things? Oh, look, you know, it's so interesting, school. When I look at the education and, and I feel like maybe where it's changed over the years is it. Um, these boys need so much work on relationships, love, support, um, and good foundation skills. And if they don't have that, what I've learned is that they can't learn. So I can't teach you maths and English if you don't even have the base bedrock life skills to even understand what's that for and why you're going to do it and where are you going to go. So we've sort of flipped schooling on its head and said, you know what, let's not worry about the schooling. Let's build you as a strong man or a strong person with good values and good understanding. And when you're in that position, now I can add some education. Now we can add some future and some direction. But these boys don't have any of that. You know, you've got to remember, I work with disengaged youth, which basically means they've been expelled. They're dealing with youth justice. They could be suspended. They could be dealing with anxiety, depression, whatever it is that's taken them out of the main school system. So our job now is just to get them connected again 
And I think that's probably the difference. Um, the school's very different to the point of that my entire downstairs area has been based on the mob philosophy, which is all based around food, love, community sharing. So our whole downstairs floor has a massive kitchen with a Fijian chef in it, and she cooks breakfast, lunch, and afternoon tea for everybody. So we feed everybody first and we work on that philosophy. Um, but then off the back of that, we've got a gym in there because we know the boys have to train every day just to burn up that energy. We have everything from Muay Thai to yoga to boxing to strength training. Um, we do water work. We do marine studies. We're doing all these things to get them engaged and active and moving. Um, we're filling them with good fuel. Uh, and then we have this program called Mob Success. And again, Mob Success tied in with that program I was talking to you about before, but very much also based in life skills. Like we'll pull up a car in the car park, pull all the tyres off and go, all right, boys, we've got four flats, you've got to change it. And whether they've never lifted a car jack before or changed a tyre, these are all the skills we're getting them, you know, just basic life skills, how to open bank accounts, how to save money, how to get a job, how to write a resume um, and really then try and deliver success. And it's interesting when you go into school Everyone talks about successes in what the NAPLAN score is or a grading score. To me, uh, success is about getting these boys connected to who they are and where they want to go. And when all of a sudden you flip it that way, instead of us telling you what you have to do to be successful, I'm now saying, well, let's remap it. Where do you want to go? What do you want to be? And now let's rebuild and reframe that to success. So very much more individualizing out of my 90 boys they're all going somewhere different, um, but it's very much started with um, connection, community, um, and really good life skills, which I think they miss a lot in home these days. And Mark, I was um, really fortunate enough to um, be invited by yourself to come up and have a look through the academy and you know, walking down a sort of main sort of high street in, in the small part of the Gold Coast where it is situated, you really can't tell from the outside what it is. It does actually almost almost look like a, a restaurant from the outside mm. looking in you can't see yeah. the gym in the background but you can see this massive kitchen and this big dining area and from the second I walked in what I got was a sense of community yeah um you know that that was um very very clear I suppose what I'm really interested in a bit of the plan c kind of bit on this was obviously you were trying to run some of these types of programs in school what's I mean, the big plan C difference is let's start our own school that's kind of not a school. It's just yep. a place for these guys to come and, and be part of a, a tribe almost. You know, and I know when you talk about the mob, it really sort of has that sort of tribal community feel to it. What do you think the, the big difference is since you've opened up the academy versus what you were trying to do in the school setting? Oh, look, I, I feel like what I was doing was I was running a program that talked about connection, heart, community, and I was building that within eight weeks, but then I was taking them out of that program and I was placing them back into a mainstream school, which didn't value the same pieces of the puzzle. So we'd work with them, we'd get them connected and we'd say, all right, jump back into that school with 3,000 kids you're going to just be a number again. You're going to butt heads with teachers and you're going to not fit the system. So, you know, my program, I felt like I was delivering this great stuff and they were connected to us. And then when we actually tried to re-engage them back to school, the same behaviours, the same things were starting to happen again. So I just sort of thought, wow, there's a real disconnect between what we're preaching and teaching and, and how we want our boys to grow and learn to what the school system values as what they want. 
Um, and I think w- what happened over time, when, and typically of budgets, like I used to have to sell my program in every term. I'd run it to be successful, but then I'd have to go back up there and say, oh, please pick me to run another program next term. And then I might have to raise some more money to run that program. I also had schools just basically fraudulently copy the program, which it didn't bother me too much because if they're doing it, it makes me happy, but they wouldn't do it right. You know what I mean? You've got to get the right people. They'd say, all right, well, you're a teacher. You've seen what the mob does. You take it. But I think what I've learned about what I do is that I really love it and it's my purpose. So if you put me in front of boys and trying to help, I'm I'm engaged. It's 100% what I want to do. And, And I've found that whether it be the fundraising, the community, the events, the schooling, whatever else, as you will know in Plan C, is that when it all comes from your heart, things just happen. Do you know what I mean? Like every these the amount of doors that have opened up. Like honestly, for me to raise close to a million dollars in eighteen months through the community and them donating it, like that doesn't happen by luck. It doesn't happen because I'm a good salesman. It it happens because there's a purpose and there's a connection, and the community can see the problem and they and they love what they want to do and they just want to support it. Um, so I just feel like that that's I feel like it, yeah teachers in particular started with their the whole idea was about helping kids and what happened is then is that the system got in the way and the three biggest people in the system what I understand from now hate it so the kids don't like going to school and they don't like what it's about the teachers don't like being in the system because they're being controlled by all these other areas and the parents aren't even that engaged in what their kids are being delivered and how that's going to help them, you know, but the government's telling us what to do. I'll tell you what, Marco, earlier when you were saying we needed two things, which is to kind of get, you know, get the government or the the authorities to sign off and the million dollars, I thought you were going to say, I'll get the government sorted out and you get the million dollars because that that Mm. seemed like the hard bit to me. And as you point out, you know, your passion is clearly very engaging. Um, But the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, what you're talking about is, you know, uh, when you go into businesses, they talk about hard hard skills and soft skills, and it always feels like that. That sounds like hard is harder, and soft is and soft is the communication skills. But what you're talking about is traditionally what is kind of, kind of soft skills, which I think are the hard skills, which is how to build relationships, how to build community. You know, and then the other thing you talked about is how you know you need to build an environment as well, not just send people on programs. So you've you've kind of done that uh, now, which sounds amazing. I really want to come and have a look at this place. I mean, do you have uh, any ideas of rolling it out elsewhere? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Neil, I think what happened is is that I've I started on a journey which was to get to a certain point, and that was that. And and in my mind, really, when I was looking for the charity eye, it was very much about if I could make this sustainable so that it will be a long-term picture and it outlives me and it's a legacy, that's my win. So that that was my whole thing. How do I stop me having to raise, I'd do an event, raise money, run programs, go broke, do an event, raise money, you know what I mean? That cycle for eight years. And now it was like, okay, I now need to get to this sustainable picture. Now that I'm at this sustainable picture, mate, I want to challenge the education system. I want to, I want to push the governments. I want to you know, I believe I believe there could be one of these schools in every city all over the world because disengaged boys isn't a Gold Coast problem. It's a worldwide problem, disengaged youth. If you look at the numbers being expelled, suspended, suicide, depression, you know, boys, men in particular, we lead all of those stats. 
you know. So we, we've got to find a way to now connect with our men's community and our boys' community, but actually, you know, um, educate these boys in, in better ways. But to answer your question, mate, yes, I feel like the mob is a philosophy. I feel like it can be packaged up and placed everywhere. And as long as there's good men and good community and, and people wanting to support these boys, I've taken boys very hardened, youth justice, crims, whatever, and you can take them the other way. You can honestly, you support them, you love them, you give them the right things, they'll change. Um, but then also, I've also had boys that weren't ready for it too. So I've had boys that, you know, have come in, they've got all the talk or whatever else, but they've shown no change or no action. So they obviously needed to go and have a different life experience before they come full circle again. You know, that's what I find. The boys who keep wanting to walk that path haven't hit rock bottom yet. Sooner or later, it's going to come and whack them. And then they're going to be going, oh, God, I wish I took in those pieces of gold and little gold nuggets that each of you have and, and everyone's stories has. Um, so, but yes, uh, mate, I'd love to I'd love to be preaching the word of mob all over the world. Um, and I'd love to have the fact the opportunity to build this amazing men's community that's about great men with great causes and going back to those Years and years ago when the only way, the way you learned was your grandfather told your father and your father told you and that's how you learned something, we've lost a lot of that. And especially with our boys today, there's so many single mums raising boys. There's so many boys without good male role models in their lives. So education's a piece of it. But if you don't have a good male role model or a support model, you know, you think about your own lives. How many times is it great to have someone there for you, to support you, to talk to, um, to help you grow. So if that could be a worldwide movement and we can build lots of great men uh, and lots of great boys, um, I feel like it's an amazing future. And the reality is, you know, I might be leading this, but to be honest, so many people and, and so many um, men and communities have got involved behind us to make it happen. So it's truly, it's truly been built by the community for the community, for these boys to have a better life. And that's the blessing with it. And even with the venue, like when I first set it up, they were saying to me, oh, Mark, don't put glass in there. They're going to break that. Don't put plants in there. Don't build a beautiful kitchen. Like this place, you could live in it. It's beautiful. But the whole point was, well, why am I going to build them something shitty so that they don't feel like it's worth respecting? And to this day, like I'm only six months in, so I touch wood, we haven't had one physical altercation with 100 boys at risk. I promise you that doesn't happen in any school. We haven't had anything broken. Oh, mind you, they swing on plastic chairs. They break plenty of them. But we haven't had anything deliberately smashed or you know what I mean? And I feel like it's because we've built them this beautiful place. And I tell them every day, this house has been built by the community for you. So you need to respect it. You need to clean it. You, need, you know what I mean? They've got to clean up after their things. They've got to put the table in. They've got to wipe. They've got to help do the dishes. You know, they, at the end of the week, they're helping cleaning the whole school up because it's theirs. It's not mine. It's not the community's. It's theirs. So when we empower them, they start, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll take a bit more pride in it. One of the things I noticed when I, I came up and had a look around Marco as well was uh, just sort of how modern um the branding sort of was as well that you know the mob the, the uniforms that they're wearing was felt more like a sports type uniform than it you know than it did a kind of school uniform it's, mm. it's cool t-shirts it's cool hoodies it's baseball caps yeah. 
what do you, have the boys had a lot of uh, input into that and, and are they sort of helping Look, to tell you what way to go with that? To be honest, not really at this point in time. Um, I think what it was was that we knew our target market um, and we just kept asking ourselves questions. If I was to go to school, what do I feel comfortable in? Do you know what I mean? And to me, it was a spare of sports shorts, a nice T-shirt, it looks cool enough. It's black, so you can't stain it. You know what I mean? It's and and that was sort of start of it. And then the second part was that, um, of you know, when it's called the men of business, that's what it is. It's actually businessmen getting in, and I actually want to run it like a professional corporate business. So the branding, the marketing, every step of it, I want to do best to practice. So it wasn't like you know I I could draw a mob logo, but no, I want to get the best people in our network to design us something that really connects. The reason it's all got bricks was that how I how I raised the um, eight hundred thousand. I used to sell thousand dollar bricks, so I'd go to these events. I'd put a hundred bricks on a stage, and I'd say I'm building a school, and the only reason I'm going to be able to build it is you're going to buy a brick. It's going to cost you a thousand bucks. But that thousand bucks could change lives forever, and I would sell a hundred bricks at each of my events, you know, and those sort of things. So a lot of thought went into the design. You'll see on the mob, it's sort of brick angled, building better man. It's all about building foundation bricks. Um, so there's always been a lot of thought behind every piece of the puzzle because I want every part of it to be best practice. I'm guessing at this point, anyone listening, there's a number of people going to be going, I want to know more about this. So we'll obviously put links where, when we post this. But uh, yeah, where, where are good, good, what are good ways for people to find out more about this, find out about what you're doing, follow you, get connected? Yeah, look, the Mob Academy, if you just search at the Mob, the mob M-O-B, academy.com.au, uh, um, that's our website. It tells you everything. It tells you about our community. It tells you about our school because it's basically 11 and 12. We do grades 11 and 12. They can walk out with uh, jobs, apprenticeships, year 12 certificates, all that. Um, but they're the two major parts of our, our of our piece and we're open. It's it's The nicest thing about being a charity and, and a community is that I don't feel like I'm in competition with anybody. I'm happy to share. I'm happy to explore. I'm happy to give as much advice as I can because I feel like the more of this that we're doing, um, the better world we're going to live in. So, um, yeah, get on the website, uh, ask any questions, but, um, yeah, happy to happy to help in any way I can. And what are the, the sort of next uh, the next steps? I think in the short term, I think long term, you talked about, you know, a, a philosophy that you have and wanting to spread that um, and be embraced you know, globally. But um, what's the sort of – I know this is – five six months into this journey and, and coming towards the end of what will be this academic year what what sort of what's next year looking like oh look um i think what's happening now and i say this to the team all the time we're a pilot so in these next couple of years i want to push every boundary possible whatever thought comes into your head so to my teachers i'm saying however you think you could teach maths or english in a different way in a different environment in the sea up a tree whatever it is I want you to do it. Do you know what I mean? And then hopefully at the end of a couple of years, we're going to have trialed so many great ways that hopefully we'll come up with a few that really stick and resonate. So the whole idea now is really pilot, push boundaries, pilot, push boundaries. You know, even with our timetable, we started. So, And these are the things you learn. So 100 kids rock up down the mall. They're all youth at risk. It actually looks like there's a massive gang 
walking through the centre of Southport and the community just scattered. They didn't know what to do with 90 boys walking down a street, kicking footies and whatever else. So, and then, and also for us in a control point, we now had to go into a sliding system where I have some start at nine, some start at 10, some start at 11, like a TAFE program. So I'm, I'm moving the energy around, you know, I'm not all of a sudden having a whole heap of crazies, you know, out on the streets and then back in. So we keep, you know, that was our timetabling that we learned. Then all of a sudden we realised that they've got to have lots of adventure. We realised that they get to do one class session, so one indoor lesson followed by a movement lesson or a mob success lesson. Don't back up sitting because, you know, I'm 15, 16-year-old boys. Mate, at that stage, I didn't want to sit down for more than half an hour. So these boys don't want to. That's never changed. So now let's... Let's educate them, then exercise and entertain them. And you know, so we're just—they're all the pieces for me. So our our five-year thing was build the best possible program we can, uh, and then the flip side of that is that at the moment we're renting, uh, we're in our space, we're renting. Um, so our next piece will be to actually own um, and have the property, so that again. My the full circle philosophy is that hopefully a mob boy takes over my job. Hopefully all these people roll on and that they're left with this wonderful pocket of land and school that's owned by the mob, um, and it can just it can go on forever. Well, it's fantastic, and 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 you know, as I say every week, um, um, you know, I, I, we're only starting this conversation, so I, I can see there'll be a second conversation somewhere down the line. Um, I was thinking as you talked, um, you know, it's a very agile approach you're taking, you know, experimentation, moving, learning, adapting. Uh, what, uh, in terms of the people who you're employed by, are they all teachers, trained teachers, or are there some other yeah. kind of people? I've got a I've got a mixed bag. There's about 15 of us at the moment. So um, I've got four teaching staff. I've got youth workers. I've got ex army. I've got train a couple of personal trainers. Um, I've got uh, a health nurse. A psychologist, um, a HR professional. Um, so I've sort of tried. We've tried to fill all the spots. Um, I've got a board. I've got a corporate board um, who sit over the charity, and then I've got a, a mob community sub board, a finance sub board. So I'm just. I've got all these little communities and groups all sort of buzzing around, and you know, and and making sure that um, if we've been blessed by what we've been given and what we've got, um, that I make sure that, you know, there's plenty of wonderful people out there looking over it and growing it. So there's a big team. There's 15 on the site, but then there's probably another 20 or so that are all helping. And and the community's been amazing. Like, mate, we just did a, a charity paddle um, to buy two buses because we, we have to drive the boys to jobs, work experience, whatever. We raised $100,000 in a 24-hour paddle and a lunch event. So the, the community's engaged and they love it and that's just, like I said, the, the support of everyone and the cause is is the best part of it all. And I think, you know, more than anything this year, what we're all learning is the importance of connection and the importance of community and um, you know, not going through things by ourselves, even though you know circumstances have been thrown at all of us all across the world, they're a bit different this year. One thing that's really binding most of us together is that sense of community and that and that sense of purpose as well of getting through it together, being there for one another. And I think you demonstrate that amazingly with the with the academy. 
Uh, Dave, uh, to be honest, I you know we could do another whole five years of podcast talking about how I feel about old school f- fundamentals of family, food, love, support, and I just feel like and I do, and I'm and I look at COVID as a way to hopefully bring us all back a little bit and go, you know what, what's important? You know, it's people. You got to have people, and we got to have each other, and and the more we're together the more we can do. The more we're apart, the more we isolate, the sicknesses, the depressions, the suicide, like how many of those things get solved by love and community? So many, you know. So I don't know. I don't know how we, you know, I I hope that's what everyone's starting to feel and we're all thinking, all right, how do I now get a little closer? How do I get a little bit more connected? Um, Because I I know at the start of COVID, everyone was sort of like, oh, how great is it going to be to work from home? And then all of a sudden, over time, I started getting all these little messages going, I just need people again. You know what I mean? I, I want to see someone. I want to talk to someone. I want to, you know, and I just think we, we were never made, we were never made to be by ourselves, you know? Um, so, you know, the more we're together, I think the stronger we are as a, as a group. Well, you know, I think you put, you know, the skills you're talking about developing here, I think, in, in terms of men and leaders, um, uh, you know, I think skills that we need to take right up to the top of our society, which is, you know, they're, they're about social skills, but, you know, how we need to come together, how we're not individuals, you know, I think that's really, really profound. Um, and um, I just really thank you for turning up and, and sharing with us today. Um, we, we'd love to talk to you in about a year's time, giving you six months, six months' time. So let's check in in a year's time. But you know, if we leave you with a parting comment, anything you'd like to sort of say to people who are sitting there now going, that's fantastic, you know, that what they could do, either to get involved with what you're doing or just what they could be doing themselves. Yeah, look, um, you know, I'm, I'm no different to any other person who was sitting on a couch who came across an idea and, and decided to give it a red-hot crack. Um, and I feel like... If so much has gone on in my world because of wanting to do the right thing and and put myself out there, um, so my message to anyone was just if you've got an idea and you and you and you really believe it and your heart's ready for it and it'll make the community and and the world a better place, please don't sit on it because we're you know we need all of all of those people in the world to to stand up and have a crack because it'll make the whole thing better for us all. Fantastic. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll sort of leave it there on, on that note because I think you summarise it so well. But, you know, what we've been trying to do out of these podcasts is really find stories just like yourselves and, and highlight and celebrate people that are just giving it a red hot crack, you know, of doing things differently and, and showing the world that there is a plan C. So, Marco, from uh, Neil and I, thank you very much. Yeah, and boys, just back at you. You know what I mean. Plan C. Um, I wouldn't have a platform to speak on if you boys weren't take, being adventurous and, and taking this on as well. So you're doing the same. You're just creating a platform for us all to to learn and grow. So thanks for the opportunity to speak with you both. Thanks for listening. Please leave us your comments and remember to subscribe to the Plan C podcast with Neil Gibb and Dave Lester. <laughs>